Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, we are rebroadcast and redistributed through all the various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Bullhorn, TuneIn, Rate, Like, Share, Subscribe, Do All the Things. And we got a good show for you tonight. We should be joined by the returning Dave Hastings in a matter of minutes here. We got a lot to talk about tonight. We got baseball. We have the World Series going on. The Rangers are currently up two games to one to the Arizona Diamondbacks. We got week eight of the NFL season in the books. We'll get into that. We got the trading deadline that just went on in the NFL. The trade deadline, I believe, was at four o'clock this afternoon. I wouldn't say a lot of activity, but you do have Chase Young, Montez Sweet leaving uh, Washington to go to the 49ers and the Bears. And the Vikings had to respond after Kirk Cousins went down on Sunday for the season with an Achilles tear. But with all that, ladies and gentlemen, he is back. He is with us tonight after a one-week absence. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Hastings is with us tonight. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. How about yourself? I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. Well, it's good to have you back, brother. How was Orlando? Oh, it was good, man. I just missed. Uh, I missed the warmth. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would not mind being in eighty degree weather again because this mm-hmm. fucking shit just doesn't do it for me. Well, I think you had um, maybe sixties at some point today, but I know for me it dropped pretty fucking quickly. It was in the forties when I got home. If if it hit the sixties, I was. Uh, I was in I was in my office and not getting a chance to enjoy it. Gotcha. But yeah, either yeah. way, it is what it is. It's that time of year. And if mm-hmm. there's one thing you can't control, it's Mother Nature. <laughs> Definitely uh, not. Sure. But yeah, no, nah, doing well, my man. Doing well. Good. And it's great to have you back here. Missed you last week. I went solo last week. I didn't get a chance to call Cousin David, so I went by myself for a little bit. But it is great to have you back with us tonight. And I think with that, well, you know, I was talking about football. I know we had a little basketball news to talk about as well because something finally happened. But I'll leave it to you, Dave. What would you like to start off with tonight? Well, I mean, I think uh, it would only be right. I mean, I, I know the Mets aren't playing, but, I mean, Game 3 of the World Series was last night. You got Game 4 tonight. So, kind of would love to hear your thoughts on the series, how it's unfolding. Um, never really got to hear the happiness in your voice when the Phillies got eliminated by the Diamondbacks. I'm sure that brought some joy to your life. So, um, I didn't hate I, it. I didn't hate it. Yeah, so <laughs> I figured I wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts on, you know, I mean, we talked about the NA, NL and ALCS last week. We don't have to repeat ourselves, but at least uh, your thoughts on the World Series so far. I mean, it looks like every game has basically been uh, tight and gone down to the wire for the most part. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible that these are the two teams that made the World Series. And, like, people poo-poo and say, you know, it's not completely out of the realm of possibilities that something like this happens with four teams in the playoffs. The fact that it's six. I mean, this is what you get. But both these teams deserve to be in the World Series. I'm not going to take anything away from them on that. And as far as teams I don't like um, losing – yeah, all right. There's probably a little mental fist pump in the lease, but after that, it's just like, all right, we, we have a lot to do. I actually like, here's the deal between both the Phillies and Braves. Yeah, all right. I feel the way I feel about the organizations, but in terms of the teams themselves, like I, Bryce Harper, I actually can appreciate what he's doing because I, I remember, I know the journey he's had because I've kind of seen it on unpl- all play out. And the fact that he's performing on the grandest stage like he did last year, like he did this year, like I, I think that's pretty cool to see a guy has ascend, and that's what we're kind of seeing here. So I like that. And the Phillies players themselves, they got some good players there. You know, Zach Wheeler's a guy the Mets probably should have kept in hindsight because out of the big five Met prospects who came through the system, he's the only one still going at that high of a level. So I, I can appreciate that and everything. And he's going to be a free agent next season. So that means the Mets will sign him and he'll immediately start to suck because he'll be past his prime. But as far as Arizona and Texas, uh, I'm not going to pretend I've watched a lot of the series here. Um, what I will say is I, I do not feel bad for Max Scherzer pitching in World Series, having to leave after I, I think it was in the third inning with his back acting up. I'm not going to say I, I wish ill on the guy, but I, it's hard for me to feel bad for him after everything. But, um, you know, as far as the teams themselves, Arizona is kind of – I think you're going to see that as kind of the blueprint for mid-market teams because I feel like they've been following blueprints sent by teams like Milwaukee and Tampa Bay, but they're going to be the hot thing at least in – analytical circles, I think, and you'll see a lot of teams try to emulate what the Diamondbacks have been able to pull off here. So, I, you know, all all the praise in the world to them. And, you know, I, I think it's funny. One of the guys, one of the players on that team, Tommy Pham, was met for the first half of the season. They traded him to the Diamondbacks. And now whenever anybody fucking interviews him, they just want his opinion on the team. And apparently... Outside of three players on the Mets, everybody else is part of the least hardest working group of position players he says he ever played with in his life. And seeing as how he's on a team of, you know, you would think it's a a uh, team not really big names, guys with something to prove. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm going to listen to it. So stop putting a fucking microphone in his face because I'll believe it. I don't want to hear anymore. I got it. I got all I need out of that. But yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't talk too much about the actual teams other than, you know, they both belong here. Um, the Rangers' whole rotation between Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery and Nate Icavaldi, it's not just Met fans looking at that team with certain feelings. Yankee fans are looking at that team and going, man, we had Montgomery and Icavaldi. How the fuck did we let them go? Because they've been pitching their asses off this season. So, you know, high marks to them on everything. And, you know, this is one in the column. You always hear that spending doesn't always guarantee championships, and it really doesn't. But last season, the Rangers kind of made one of the biggest splashes in the offseason when they played close to $300 million 
for Corey Seager and Marcus Seaman on this team. And um, they, they've been producing. So, I mean, that's one in the column of you got to spend to win in this league. So there's that. I, I want Arizona to win as much as I, I don't want to see a National League team really win. I, I don't want the Rangers to win because I just think something would be very wrong about Jacob DeGrom getting a championship. He didn't really pitch during a season four for a team that isn't the Mets. And at least with Arizona, I mean, again, the Mets beat the shit out of them six or seven times they played them. And Arizona's in the freaking World Series. So. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. mean, I saw something where Arizona, I think I might have said, no, because we weren't even out of the uh, championship series yet. But I saw something mm-hmm. where Arizona's only like the second uh, team since like the 19 like 70s to make it to the world series with a negative run differential um during the regular season at like negative 13 um that sounds yeah that sounds about right yeah and i thought that was pretty crazy and then like um i know in that group text we have fife mentioned uh i think it might have been fife that shared like the similarities with how game one went and you know george bush you know throwing the first pitch and all that i thought that was pretty crazy uh mm-hmm. and then yeah, like, no. i mean overall i mean I, I i don't have a dog in the race i'm just off like if they like i would love to see you know because a game seven like I, i'll i'll sit and probably i probably would watch about two-thirds of a game seven like just because mm. you know you know especially as the game wears on you know one swing of the bat um, you know, one pitch can literally change everything. And, you know, when you when you get into moments like that, like I understand that, you know, that kind of is the concept of baseball as a whole. But what takes away from it for me is the fact that, you know, it's 162 games. So just because it changes something in game two doesn't really mean much when you get to game 158. Um, at least not my, wrong. You know, not like wrong. It, but. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to the playoffs, and especially as you get once you hit the World Series, um, I always thought that was pretty pretty badass and something I could definitely get into. So, I guess technically you'd say I'm pulling for the Diamondbacks tonight to even the series at two apiece. Um, but overall, I mean, it, from what I've heard, it's basically it's been some pretty good baseball. Other than Game Two, is just a shellacking um, with Arizona winning nine to one. And just to be clear to you and everybody else that might be listening to us who all know how much I just love baseball, quote unquote, yeah. uh, like I'm staring at Google right now. That's how I know the scores. <laughs> like, I, I don't actually know this off the top of my head. So that's uh, pretty good. I'm mm. just tracking it that way. But yeah, I mean, from what I've heard and reports I've seen, it definitely, uh, uh, definitely has been. Entertain, uh, entertaining outside of that second game. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I mean, you didn't say anything wrong there. I, I agree with some of your uh, your points that you made there. The the one thing I will say, baseball, you, you are right. I mean, technically, you don't need to watch every game in terms of a baseball season. The one thing they can no longer say is that it takes the longest time to watch baseball out of all the sports. I mean, that's good that they took that out of that. So at least that's there. But, um, yeah, I mean, is what it is. I've never begrudged you for not being a baseball fan. That's perfectly fine. Um, 
Well, I so think it helps the, because I do at least support the Mets. I, I might not yes. pay attention, but at least I'm not a Yankee fan. <laughs> oh, my God. If, if yeah, I'm just thinking now, if you were one of those dudes who doesn't know anything about baseball, but they know Yankees rule Mets suck, I would. I don't know if I'd be able to do this. Honestly, like I don't think it'd be the same thing. So, yes, I'm very happy you're not that. I, I would like I would definitely respect that. Yep. Mm-hmm. It just it just wouldn't work. But I, I'll say this: the the one thing I'm thinking about with the Diamondbacks is just how the teams were built. It was like three or four years ago they th- they traded away Paul Goldschmidt, who's one of the best players in baseball. They traded him to St. Louis, and they got four prospects back. I'm not going to pretend that I remember every prospect in the deal, but I know the dude that took over first base for them is their starting first baseman. He's got over 30 home runs. I'm pretty sure one of the guys they got in that trade is in their starting rotation. He's done decently. The name is just escaping me right now. And I know they they made another trade. Uh, might may, Maybe it was the same trade. Maybe it was a different trade. Zach Gallen was another guy they traded for. Nobody really – no, that was a different trade. They traded Jazz Chisholm to uh, Miami to get Zach Gallon. So the front office there knows what the hell they're doing, even when everybody else thinks they're out of their fucking minds. Because Jazz Chisholm was kind of the big name out of that trade for a couple years there. And then like the last year, Gallon's turned it on and become like one of the better pitchers in baseball. Even though I think he got shelled one of these games in the playoffs. But um, regular season-wise, he's been doing good. So... There's that. Oh, you never know, right? I mean, yeah. So when you draft somebody, when you make a trade, you know, you bring them up. It, you you really don't know what's going to be until they actually get into the spotlight and have to perform. And mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember what his name was—the guy that was on the Yankees that just was horrible—and then he went to some other team and would turn into an all-star. There's been a couple guys like that recently. I can't remember. I I I know Joey Gallo. Had like a decent first part of the season. Gary Sanchez was cast away by the Yankees. He floated around to a couple teams, but he wound up doing good for the Giants, I think, this season. So there's definitely been a few of those. But let me ask you something, because I'm curious, because like it happens in basketball, too. We see it. The teams that get three or four days off, waiting for the team like they they win in five games or something and then the team they're waiting for the team that has to play the game seven and everything and you always hear the momentum shift and everything and obviously we saw it a little bit in basketball the uh baseball the last few weeks and obviously you know all the talk because teams like the Braves and Dodgers who won over 100 games they lost in the early rounds and then you got the teams that came in on the wild card who were playing straight through they were able to feed off their momentum. I don't know how you feel. I kind of feel like it's kind of like it's cyclical. I feel like it comes in waves. And I feel like right now we're just kind of at a time where the the the, the good teams, for whatever reason, aren't withstanding the grind of October. And the teams, you know, the young, plucky little kids who, you know, are just trying to prove they belong, they seem to be the ones kind of riding the highs. And I'm curious, what what do you think it, it is? Because, like I said, we see that in basketball a lot too. Ah, uh, I mean, dude, the amount of factors that probably go into that and impact that mm-hmm. are probably a list too long for us to even figure out. 
Um, I just, I think it kind of boils down to, you know, the, the right, sometimes it's the coaching, sometimes it's the teammates, sometimes it's the organization. I mean, I, I think there's so many different factors that impact that, that you really can't just like put your finger on it, if you know what I mean. Because mm-hmm. I, the only thing I'll say about this, and then if you want to close it out, we'll move to football. But the the only thing I'll bring up here is I just feel like in the playoffs, no matter what the what the situation, whatever what whatever the structure is, I just feel like the best talent winds up showing through. And I feel like, you know, regular season, we talk about the diminishing importance of the regular season all the time here. There's always going to be that. But I think the, the team that can stay great through the regular season and win the World Series off that. It's a rare thing, becoming even more rare by the year here. Like, I, I feel like we've brought it up in hockey before. The President's Cup winner hasn't won a Stanley Cup since, like, the early 90s. So, like, shit like that happens in all sports. But I think that's what separates the really good teams from the historically great teams. Yeah. I would I would definitely agree with that. There's no question, and I think it's um, it's definitely one of those things where you kind of look at it and you got to say to yourself, like, okay, like, what what are we doing to, you know, set ourselves apart and you know play our best at the right time, mm. right? Like, because I, I think that's the one thing a lot of people miss is that like. You know, the team that usually, like, you know, being an NFL guy, right? The team that usually has the best, you know, perform, you know, best record in September. Not many times are they the team that also is, you know, making a, you know, a push to the Super Bowl in, in January and February. Mm-hmm. And listen, I, there have been years. I mean, I, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I, I feel like, especially when you had the, the two teams with the bye weeks. I don't think it was ever guaranteed that the number one seed was going to be the team you saw in the Super Bowl. I don't think that was ever a guarantee because I feel like we've had plenty of years where the number one team gets eliminated right as they come off the bye. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a stretch where the number one seed didn't make the Super Bowl in either conference for over 10 years. I think it was mm-hmm. – um, I think it was back in the early 2000s when the Eagles went on that like four cha- NFC Championship game run in a row. They never won it. Yeah. I mean, you were there was a stretch where neither neither conference, you know, number one seed made that Super Bowl. And you know, sometimes the bye week helps teams, and sometimes the bye week hurts teams. But that's where you know the overall roster and coaching come into come into factor. I mean, there's. It's the reason why sports are what they are, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's the unpredictability of it. I mean, you know, Denver, you know, for example, Denver beating Kansas City this past week, right? Or the Jets beating the Eagles the week before. Like, you know, you, you just have these moments where you're just like, okay, this is why I watch it, why I watch sports. Like, because you never actually know what can happen. Yeah. Because if the favorite won all the time, nobody would watch the games. And if it was just the underdog, nobody would watch the games either because you'd already know what was going to happen. So, I, I, honestly, I, I don't hate the new playoff for, format in baseball. I, I'm willing to give it a few more years to see how it goes. 
I just like I said, like I said at the beginning, I think what we're seeing in baseball is cyclical, and I think it'll come back. I think that's the difference between the good and historically great teams, like I said before. And you just got to be able to figure out the way to crack the code. That's all it is. If it was only so simple. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's why you see teams like the Mets that haven't won in almost 40 years. So there you go. Some people spend their lives. But anyway, let's move to football now. And I tell you what, before we talk a little bit about week eight, we did have the trade deadline a few hours ago as we're recording this. I believe it was at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Not too many trades in terms of volume, really, to talk about. I think the bullet points here. Josh Dobbs no longer going to be the starting quarterback uh, in Arizona. He gets traded to the Minnesota Vikings, who lost Kirk Cousins for the season after he tore his Achilles in Sunday's game. They get Dobbs from the Cardinals for a uh, 2024 sixth-round pick and a 2024 conditional seventh-round pick goes along with Dobbs to Minnesota. And the Washington Commanders seemingly tear up their defense, trading Chase Young to the San Francisco 49ers for a paltry third-round pick and then getting a second-round pick from the Bears in next year's draft for Montez Sweet. And those... Huh? Sweat, excuse me. So, I mean, we, we can we can start there. Just those trades from Washington make no sense for the Bears. I, I don't get sweat goes for a second round pick. Chase Young goes for a third round pick. Yeah, I mean, I think the the red I think sorry, I was about to say Redskins. I I think the <laughs> commanders are well aware that they just need to continue to build their roster they have some good young talent but they ra- i think they rather keep their interior defensive linemen over their defensive ends um and all four of them are former first round picks and all four of them are due for contracts this year next year or the following so you got to kind of pick and choose who you want to sign and, and get what you can uh for who you can't sign so, I mean, I, I think it's just one of those things where you you kind of got to pick and choose. And, you know, with the injuries that um, Chase Young went, that major injury Chase Young went through, um, you know, Montez Sweat is going to earn top dollar. Um, you know, I, I oh, wow. Uh, sorry, I'm like scrolling Twitter looking for more information on the tra- trades and Yahoo Sports and Jeff Passan just uh, tweeted that uh, Adel- Adolis Garcia and Max, oh, yeah. and Max Scherzer are both out of the Rangers roster for uh, due to injury. Um, so that, that could have a huge impact on the uh, outcome of tonight's game. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it's... Uh, I, th- I think they're just trying to stack up draft picks and getting those earlier round draft picks. Um, it, it just kind of shows like they're they they know they don't have their their quarterback. Um, I also think they know that they need a lot of holes filled in their roster. 
So I, I think when you look at it, I mean, that's the moves they're making. For the 49ers, it's just one of those things where you're like, the rich just get fucking richer. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I, when I found out, the, my first thought was, I hate Jerry Jones. Uh, him and Stephen Jones, you got to be kidding me! You had Chase Young to that front, that front seven, or Montez Sweat for a second or third round pick. Like, I mean, come on! Why would you not do that? Um, now I understand the Commanders probably wouldn't trade in division, so that's probably part of it. But still, I, I just I don't understand that. So, um, you know, for the Bears, I have to say. I don't really get it unless they really are bought in on either Fields or whoever the kid is that's played the last two weeks. Um, and I, I just I just think it's one of those things where I really don't know what they want to do. <laughs> like, I really yeah. just... This is the second season in a row they've made a trade like this where they trade up a second-round pick in the following year's draft for a guy who's going to be a free agent after the season. Last year it was Chase Claypool. This year it was Sweat. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really get their thought process and, and what they're trying to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things <laughs> where the rich get richer. And then don't forget, too, uh, the Giants traded away De- uh, Dexter Lawrence to the Seahawks yesterday. Um, who's one of the top probably Leonard Williams or Leonard Williams. I'm sorry. Uh, Mm -hmm. Leonard Williams to one of the, you know, to the Seahawks who right now, after the Niners lost their third in a row, they're, they're sitting top of the, uh, NFC West. And then they just bolster up their defense and, and, you know, solidify the interior of their defensive line. I mean, so there are some big names that moved and I feel like that's usually not the case. Um, but yeah, I mean, that really kind of took me back as well. And to me, it tells me the giants really after losing to the jets on Sunday are, are looking towards the future and, and not looking at this one. Mm-hmm. Apparently they had a deal that fell through at the last minute. They didn't notify the league office because it fell through the cracks there. They were going to trade a Dory Jackson to the 49ers, I think that fell through. So I don't know how committed they are to that, but I definitely would not blame them on that. But being a, a fan of a team, not the Giants or 49ers, I'm very happy the Niners did not get a Dory Jackson. So, or I should say, didn't load up anymore. Yeah, I mean them them putting Chase Young with with Bosa is just that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, they were teammates at Ohio State too. I saw. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Yes, they were. No. Yeah. And I guess the the last thing to really bring up here, because I know there were a couple other minor deals here. I don't know everyone who was traded, but Josh Dobbs is who the Minnesota Vikings acquire to fill the hole created by Kirk Cousins when he tore his Achilles on Sunday. And I had heard yesterday they were they were looking at Jameis Winston. I don't know what the hell Winston did, but I know we talked about him earlier in the season. Uh, you know, someone the Jets may want to think about. Not one quarterback needy team has made a play for him this season. 
and Minnesota looks to Josh Dobbs instead. It'll be interesting to see if Dobbs can, you know, go be anywhere near what Cousins was for that team. I think the fact that this is what you go for when a guy like that's available, I I don't understand this. Yeah, I mean, I I really, I mean, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz is another one. I mean, but I guess because you got film on Josh Jobs from this year, you're willing to roll with him. I really, um, I don't have an answer. I just, yeah. I literally, literally don't have an answer. And, and yeah. I mean, look, Josh Dobbs overall played okay for Arizona. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I don't know how else you, you explain it, but either NFL GM and something I don't, that we're not seeing or what? I, I don't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Dobbs did get a custom jersey of himself that he was able to buy. So, you know, he did accomplish something in Arizona there. Um, hey. Hey, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? All right. Uh, we can go through week eight very quickly here. Dallas destroys Los Angeles. The Rams, not even a contest there. This game was over by the end of the first quarter. Uh, Minnesota. Pirate victory, but they still managed to pull out the win 24 to 10 over Green Bay. Thursday night game, Buffalo uh, beats Tampa Bay in Buffalo. Tennessee beats Air, uh, Atlanta 28 23. New Orleans uh, lays a hammer down on Indianapolis. Miami defeats uh, New England. The Jets pull out the miracle victory over the Giants 13 to 10. Jacksonville 2010 over Pittsburgh. Philadelphia high-scoring game, 38-31 over Washington. Carolina beats Houston. Seattle beats Cleveland. Denver, as you mentioned, the upset went over the Chiefs. Baltimore, 31. Arizona, 24. Cleveland, uh, Cincinnati hands the Niners their third straight defeat. Chargers dominate the Chicago Bears and Detroit. And my boy Sam Laporta whipped that ass in Las Vegas against the Raiders there. So what what stood out to you there, Dave? I, I don't even want to talk about the Detroit Raiders game. I needed 10 fucking points. 10 fucking points from Devontae Adams. That's it. Mm. 10 points from Devontae Adams is not asking a lot from Devontae it's Adams. Really not, no. He had one catch for 11 fucking yards. So I'm not talking about that game. Mm. Um. No, I mean, honestly, I got to say, um, as a Cowboy fan, definitely enjoyed uh, getting the chance to watch them. But they're just a different team at home. Um, I mean, the way they play, the way that offense executes, they're they're just a different team at home. Uh, And that's not something I think uh, we could have said pre-Mike McCarthy. So um i de- i definitely enjoy that and and it's nice i hope stafford's okay it looks like his thumb got uh, on his throwing hand got hurt pretty bad um but dallas dallas showed up in all f- three phases of the game he had a block punt that led to a safety um he had an interception to the house for deron bland you know deron bland has mo- uh, more or as many touchdowns as like 25 starting wide receivers in the nfl like, he has, he has 
three interceptions for touchdowns this year. And he has this, so that that matches or is more than twenty five different starting wide receivers in the NFL. Um, like that's just insane to me. So that's crazy, um, yeah. But yeah, defense showed up, played well. Parsons showed up. Dak played probably the best game of his entire season. Um, Brandon Cooks got involved. CD Lamb had the best game of his season. Um, you know, Jake Ferguson caught a touchdown pass. They still can't run the ball to save their freaking lives, um, which, which is going to become a problem as, as we get into the, the later parts of the season and the colder months. So they're, they're going to have to figure that out because they just can't run the ball, like, if their life depended on it. So um, definitely need to get that figured out. But other than that, I mean, they showed up in all three phases. Um, you know, then you look at uh, – Denver beating Kansas City uh, for the first time in like seven years. Um, not only that, but my favorite part of the whole thing was after the game, as the players were, you know, shaking hands and walking off the field, the uh, Denver stadium people were playing Taylor Swift songs for the rest of the <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. But a huge win for Denver and you know, I mean, there's no denying that team has talent, so maybe it's a confidence builder for them. Well, you know, you have to wait and see. Um, Will Le- Will Levis or Will Levi? I'm not really sure how to say his last name, but I, I think mean, it's Levis. Four touchdowns uh, in his in his debut. Um, you know, he was a guy that a lot of people thought was going to go in the first round, and he fell to the second round to Tennessee. Um, and they, you know, they were able to scoop him up and, you know, potentially the, you know, successor to, uh, to Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we'll have to wait and see on that one, but definitely some potential there. I mean, he looked great. And considering right now I'm working with Justin Fields and Jordan Love at quarterback, I may try to go pick up Will Levi as my starting quarterback because can't get any worse than I've been going. So why the hell not? Um, Jordan but, Love didn't do terrible this week, from what yeah, I saw. He did four, it fourteen fucking points. He was trash. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Your quarterback <laughs> twenty is a waste of your time. Um, so my girl's laughing in the background because I got her. In the <laughs> and we were we both have Lamar Jackson. She's got him in the league that I uh, got her sucked into, and I got him in another league. And we were neither one of us won this week, and we both blame Lamar. Uh, ah. <laughs> Fair enough, there. Fair enough. Huh? No, she's talking shit. She said, I said she blames Lamar. It's like, no, I blame <laughs> a lot of other people, but specifically you for telling me who to play. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's true love right there, Mike. True love. No doubt. No uh, doubt. Live, live, okay. live with the girl, live with the girl for a week, and that—that's the treatment I'm getting. <laughs> um, but anyway. Well, a week you got more to go there, so yeah, luck. yeah. She keeps talking to me like that. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, Baltimore. I mean, you expected them to beat Arizona, so cool. No worries there. Um, I think Arizona keeping it as close as they did was a little surprising, but you expected them to to win that game. Uh, Tampa Bay kept it closer against Buffalo than I expected. And I got to say, I, I just 
Buffalo is not the team um, I think any of us expected them to be this year. I mean, they're mm. still finding ways to win, but they're losing games that they should that I don't think they should lose. Um, and they're 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 winning games by very close margins against teams that they should be able to beat by at least two scores, if not more. Um, mm-hmm. And then you look at uh, I mean, I think the game of the week and, and the one that really you know really kind of painted a picture of you know what might be going on over the the uh, the rest of this season. I mean, just look at what or what Cincinnati did to um, San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Did you cut out? Yeah. No, I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, it is pretty crazy what they were able to do in San Francisco. San Francisco there, finally getting things maybe moving in the right direction. This is now three straight losses for San Francisco, though. So I don't know what you do there. And Brock Purdy had over 300 yards passing. So I like they, they had a good offensive day. Defense just yeah. couldn't stop anybody. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and Burrow played out of his mind. I, there was a lot to it, man. There really was. But, I mean, Cincinnati was a team where, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about, you know, are they really who we thought they were? And, you know, are they should they let Burrow sit and, you know, get healthy? And, you know, San Francisco was, were, you know, was world beaters and, and, you know, undeniable Super Bowl champions. And here we are. San Fran's now lost three in a row since they beat Dallas. And, you know, Cincinnati's now won, I think, three in a row. And they're right there fighting you know, with, with Baltimore and even Pittsburgh. And he, I mean, that division, all four teams are pretty tough. So, uh, I mean, you're, you're going to have one hell of a race in the AFC North, which we expected. Um, I mean, but Cleveland, I think, is the outlier just simply due to the fact that you have Nick Chubb go down. You've got, you know, Deshaun Watson out. Um, even when he plays, he hasn't played well. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot you can go off of when you. I mean, but we're basically halfway through the year now, and I think there's a you know you it's still not clear who your best of the best is. I mean, Kansas City's looked beatable. Philly, even though they're seven and one, have looked beatable. Um, yeah, Dallas has played some good games and some. You know, I mean, they've either blown people out, got blown out. So they, I mean, it's hard to read them. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think yeah. you're in a position right now where you know, even though we're you know, eight, eight games, seven games for some players or for some teams, um, yeah, I mean, we're in a position where it's hard to just sit there and say, hey, this team is definitely your clear cut favor. I mean, I hate to admit it, but Philly right now is probably the closest to it. Uh, they're finding ways to win, you know, left and right. I mean, their defense plays bad, their offense steps up. Their offense plays bad, their defense steps up. Yeah. Everybody plays bad, they manage to make a play or two to, you know, swing it in their favor. So, um, yeah, and you got a big game this week with uh, Dallas at Philly. I mean, <laughs> Dallas wins that game. Uh, they're, they're half game behind Philly. They have, you know, technically will have a – because Philly will be seven and two, and Dallas would be six and two. 
But, I mean, that's that game right there could swing everything, and all of a sudden Dallas is the best team in the league. San Francisco wins this week and blows somebody out. I mean, uh, this was a good week of football overall. I mean, I think out of every game – that was played this week. Only two of them were decided by uh, eight points or more. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is crazy. And checking out the standings real quick, you're absolutely right. There's no clear-cut favorite here. In the AFC, you got four teams at six and two. The AFC North, everybody else who isn't the Ravens is at four and three, so they're all still a threat. And then you look at the NFC, you got the Lions – who maybe they're real contenders. Uh, they've been a lot of fun to watch so far this season. And yes, I do love Sam Laporta. He's the man right there. Um, and then, yeah, you got the Eagles and then the NFC South. We're going to see yet another season where, because the top two teams right now are four and four. So you still got a possibility that someone enters at eight and nine or something like that. So yeah, everything is still wide open. And speaking of wide open, we'll go into picks now. And so I I had made picks last week, but I made the mistake of forgetting to completely text you them at all. So I, I'm going to leave it up to you. I can count these. I can not count these. I'm cool not counting these if you want me to. Well, I mean, if you're going to count them, then I got to pick how many games without you this week to try and make up for it. Um, well, it'll be four, so, I mean, we'll leave them out. If we leave them out, I mean, I went two and two last week on them, so, I mean, not a big thing for me to just throw them out and say, fuck it. With that being said, the last week you were on the show here, we both did did not so good there. I will say, Rose, as we said, on the night he came on, he is undefeated for the season, but on that particular one week, he went three and two. You went one and four that week bringing you to 18 and 23, which is fine for our purposes because I lost all five games I picked that week. So we start this week at 18 and 23. We are tied on the season. Oh, God, man. It's just not my football season no matter (laughs) how I got it. Holy shit. I will say say this. I, I definitely sympathize. I, I have scored the third least amount of points in my league, and I am 6-2. and two. What Sam Laporta did last night, he won the fucking game for me. I was down by 10 points going in. So Yeah, I was down 10 points going in, too. It would have been great. Oh, yeah, damn fucking it. I am so Jimmy sorry. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, what a fucking joke. Did not mean to do that. I am so sorry. <laughs> What'd you say? I fucking hate fantasy football. Mm. This is a first season, about two or three years. I'm doing okay. I I still think I got a paper team, so we're gonna see what it go, where it goes. And I tell you what, thank you, Kurt Russell. Uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Cousins going down. I can't play Jordan Addison until we know what Josh Dobbs is gonna do. So happy I picked up Cam Akers. So there you go. Mm hmm. Anyway, let's take a look at the schedule for this week. We will, we will go into picks here. You're starting this week? I think you're starting this week, right? I think so, man. I mean, there. I think there's four games that we have to pick. I mean, when you look at the matchups, I mean, they're, they're probably the four best games of the week. 
All right. Well, I definitely see two of them. Uh, all right. Anyway, I think with that, we'll start with the Hastings highlight of the week. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, there's several here, but I think the aggravation of the week game, I'm going to let you uh, go with the one that you know, we're going to have to pick. Uh, but I think our first game of the week, you got Miami technically at the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's Sunday at 9.30 a.m., and they are playing in Germany. Um, so the German fans got one hell of a line uh, matchup for uh, their game. Uh, I'm sure those in the UK are pretty pissed considering the crap show that they usually send over there. Um, but yeah, you got Miami at Kansas City. Kansas City coming off of a rough uh, loss uh, on the road against Denver on Sunday. Um, Miami coming off of a big division win um, against uh, the Patriots. And, you know, for the most part, both teams are pretty healthy going into this game. Um, I just got to, I mean, any other year, I'm pretty sure I'd take the Chiefs. But the Dolphins have just been the more consistent and reliable team um, throughout this season. The Chiefs have struggled in several games. Uh, some they've won, they've lost. I mean, they lost the opener to Detroit. They lost this week to, or last week to Denver. Um, and they've just, I mean, they, they almost lost to the jets. Uh, so they've had some tough games and games that you would have expected them to win and that they weren't able to pull off. And, uh, Miami played at home or play, even if they played new England, either way, they played on the Eastern seaboard. Um, and have a shorter travel than the Chiefs do coming from Kansas City and Missouri. So I'm going to take uh, take the Dolphins uh, beating beating the Chiefs in Germany. As much as I want to pick Miami on this game, because Lord knows I need Raheem Mostert to have another game where he's got three touchdowns again because uh, yeah, not a great week from him last week. But I just – I. I like Miami. I do think there's going to be a drop-off at some point because the offense has been so great so far this season. Not so, not so great against the Eagles, but, you know, they, they recovered. They, they did fine this week uh, from what I remember. But, um, yeah, I'm going to pick Kansas City. Like you said, I mean, they lost last week, so I'm sure they'll be looking to avenge that. Um, and I just, I just think they're the better team. So I'll go with KC on that one. All right, already a chance to separate each other. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. So yeah. All right. I guess I got to pick Dallas and Philadelphia. Oh wait a minute. It's time for Aguilero's aggravation of the week. All right, Dallas and Philadelphia. <laughs> well, look, Mike. I'm gonna make this real easy for you because I know I know where you're going. Yeah, I don't I, like. And, do I really need to say it? I think I think yeah. it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I know where you're going, and and you know the pessimist. Then you just can't help but pick Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and though I am a glass half full guy and like to have faith and believe, um, I I think Dallas and Philly split the season series, and I think they each win 
when they're home and Philly's I, home. So I'm going to have to take Philly. All right. Listen, I, I think we all know I, I want the Cowboys. Well, I, I will say this, though, from a personal fantasy football stand, standpoint. Can everybody just cover the shit out of A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard so Devontae Smith gets all the catches, please? Is that so hard to ask? That I want. That I won't agree with because I need Goddard to have a chance to win in my league. So, sorry. All right. Well, okay. I'll modify that then. Like, you can throw to Goddard, but only after Devontae Smith gets 100 yards and a touchdown. Once he does that, do whatever you want with Goddard. That's fine. (laughs) My girl just looked at me. She's like, "Um, don't forget about Swift. Because she has <laughs> I mean, I, we don't I want Philadelphia winning here. I created, I created a monster. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're both uh, we're gonna both be in agreement. It, it it it's just impossible not to pick Philly to win this game at, at home. Um, I mean, what I what I think is crazy is that like, it's not even the, like it's the four twenty five game. Mm-hmm. So I mean, uh, usually that matchup you you would figure it would be Sunday night or Monday night, but I could, looking at the Sunday night matchup, I can understand why it's not. But still, um, yeah. So I, I think we're both good with Philly. Um, and then my next game, because uh, I'm going to leave the Sunday nighter for you, because I'm assuming, like I said, I got I got four that I know we oh. got to pick, and I think oh that's you can, I, well I I'm pretty sure I know what the fourth one is. So if you want to take the Sunday night game, I would consider that a highlight. Uh, I mean, I think uh, the bo- both games I'm looking at would, are going to have some highlights in them. So I mean, mm-hmm. either way, uh, I'm looking at Seattle at Baltimore and then Buffalo at Cincinnati. Those are the two other games that I'm seeing. Yeah, those were the games I was seeing, too. Yeah, so, I mean, Seattle at Baltimore. I mean, <sighs> Seattle's playing some pretty decent football, but Baltimore is, is one of only, like, three teams in the entire league that has a top-10 offense and a top-10 defense. Uh, playing at home. Um, and I, you know, I know Seattle added Leonard Williams to the team, but I, you know, I mean, he's probably going to be more, you know, on a pitch count until he learns more of the defensive scheme. Um, and I think Baltimore defensively has what they, what they need to be able to, you know, do everything they can to contain, uh, Lockett and Metcalf. So, um, for my girl's sake, I hope they don't, um, what? I, I didn't hear for Lockett and Metcalf, they're on your team. Yeah, you're. You, I'm not repeating all that. So I'll tell you when I get off. Just Mike, back me up here. I'm supporting her. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So with all that said, though, I think Baltimore is the, the the team that's going to pull out the win. So give me the Ravens at home. All right. Yeah, I would be taking. Um, I'd I'd be taking Baltimore in this game too. Seattle's played really well the last couple of weeks too. And technically this could have doubled as an aggravation because I'm still pissed. I didn't pick Seattle to beat Arizona. I took Detroit to beat Pittsburgh and that's why I'm not in survivor anymore. I'm still a little upset about that, but I mean, like I said, Baltimore, I mean, you said it perfectly. Only team in uh, the league, top 10 offense, top 10 defense. It's definitely showed. I know they had the, 
the kind of last minute loss against the Steelers, but they've been other than that, maybe one other hiccup this season. They've been they've been as close to unstoppable as you can kind of I mean, in terms of what we've already talked about with this league, they they've been there. So I would definitely pick uh, Baltimore to beat Seattle in this game too. So I think with that, um, Buffalo going into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And as I'm sure we will hear all this weekend, first time Buffalo is going back to Cincinnati since uh, the DeMar Hamlin incident to start off 2023. So it'll be a very emotional game to be sure. Also, uh, Buffalo just added Leonard Fournette uh, running back there. I don't think he's going to suit up this week, but it'll be interesting to see how he integrates into Buffalo. You said it earlier there. Buffalo has not quite shown up the way we thought they were going to this year. And Cincinnati is starting to show signs of being the team we thought they were going to be over the last couple of weeks. So it'll be an interesting game to be sure. The only reason I'm going to pick Buffalo is I feel like they're going to be heavily motivated. And I'm still interested to see if DeMar Hamlin's going to suit up and play at some point this season. So I I think uh, I'm going to give it to Buffalo there, even though I will freely admit they, they have done nothing to inspire confidence in you this season. But I'll pick Buffalo, making it a true aggravation. You know, Mike, I thought this would be another game where we would differ and then you go and pick the same team I was going to pick. Oh. I, no, I just – I you know, the way this season's gone for Buffalo, Cincinnati, and just the league in general, um, this is the game where the team that's hot and playing really good football coming off a real high after beating, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the league um, and a team coming off of – a if there is a such thing as a disappointing win in Buffalo, you know, just getting by Tampa Bay. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to take Buffalo as well to win this game and a tight one. I definitely don't think mm-hmm. this is a blowout by any means. I think this is a tight game, but I'm going to take Buffalo to get the win on the road in Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, at least we got one game different. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. We really only have one game difference. That's funny. That's funny. All right. I think with that, we'll end with uh, football. And obviously, we're going to get your thoughts on anything you've seen the, the first couple week or two of basketball. But the we, we've talked about it for a few months now. The whole saga went into the season. There was a situation about – whether or not James Harden was allowed to be on a team plane uh, going to a game the next day last week. And now I think it's only three days later, James Harden gets traded from the Philadelphia 76ers to the Los Angeles Clippers. Harden along with P.J. Tucker, Philippe Petrusev going to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, a 2029 pick swap, and an additional first-round pick that's coming over from Oklahoma City. 
And I, I'll definitely let you take it, but you, you now have a Clippers team that has James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. I, I, I'll, I'll let you take it from there. I mean, I'll say one thing. Like, seven, eight years ago, this would be one of the scariest teams ever put together. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no question <laughs> that. Um but, yeah, I think uh, when you look at it and, and you think about what we've seen from all of these guys over the last several years, it's kind of hard to sit here and think much about, I mean, I don't know, like, what are they really going to do? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just, I really don't know what to expect from this team. I mean, look, is there a part of me that, believes this team could do some damage in the Western Conference? How freaking yeah there is. But can they stay healthy? Can they play together? I mean, <laughs> there's a lot to, to this that kind of makes me think like, well, yeah, it's kind of cool, but what's it all mean? Like, what's it really going to do? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and not to me, I mean, for, for the love of God, I mean, Harden is the definition of, of a cancer for a team. Yeah. So it's hard for me to even think about him going anywhere and it being a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally agree with you on that one. What I'll also say is this is it's an amazing collection of diminished legacies from all four. Two of them because of trade requests and off-court stuff, and then the other two because of injuries. You said it perfectly to start. This was seven or eight years ago. Absolutely there. But you look at what Harden's reputation has gone through, most of it by his own doing. Then Russell Westbrook you know, just diminished returns uh, just because of age and attrition and everything in terms of on-court performance and the different trades that have come along the way there. And then Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It started out with injuries, but I think a lot of people, like myself included here, question whether or not these guys really want it anymore. Now you got all four of them on the same page, or at least in the same place. Yeah, I mean, there's really it's it's without a doubt a, a hell of a collection of talent when you look over the last ten or so years. Um, it's also one hell of a group of players that, outside of Kawhi Leonard, has, has basically dis as not not basically has literally disappointed throughout their careers in some form or fashion. But mm-hmm. hey, you got you got um, Harden and, and Russell Westbrook back together. Why not call James Har- uh, Kevin Durant, Durant to see if he wants to get back back together with the group? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. It's just ridiculous to me. I think it'll be interesting to watch all four of these players when it comes time to Hall of Fame decisions because I'm very curious how that's going to fucking shake out. I think talent wise at least two of them definitely have the talent and because we live in a, you know, the numbers and everything, the numbers are all there for them. 
do you really look at any of the four of them and say first ballot Hall of Famer, given at least with Westbrook and Harden in the latter half of their careers? Well, yeah, and I mean, like, it, none of these guys are who they used to be, right? Does that mean that yeah. they don't have the potential to, you know, put together a good season and be competitive? No, I mean, they definitely could. But it's definitely one of those, I'm not going to believe it until I see it situation, just because the disappointments you've watched, I mean, Paul, George, and Kawhi have been on the same team for, what, three years now? They've done absolutely nothing but get knocked out in the first round. No matter where Harden goes, the team basically falls apart and internal crap takes place. And, when you know, since Westbrook joined the Lakers, the guy doesn't know how to shoot a freaking jump shot. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where you got to show me before I'm going to hype it up or say anything where like it's like no nah, I actually believe like this team can do something or, or this team can really make an impact so but that that's kind of where I'm at right now mm-hmm no yeah I agree we, we we've definitely we, we brought it up a number of times here so we definitely had to bring it up uh at its conclusion but um yeah in terms of what this does for the league and Clippers, I, I'm not really excited to see what's going to happen on that one. But, you know, we're a few games into the NBA season so far. Anything you've seen so far? Anything stood out to you? Um, The Lakers are barely going to be a playoff team. They'll be in the play-in tournament. Uh, Steph Curry is still really good at basketball. <laughs> Uh, the Chicago Bulls are exactly who they were last year. They have a whole bunch of talent and just can't put it together, and then they occasionally do. Um, I think also looking at the Knicks, they've played some pretty decent basketball. The Pacers in their first few games were averaging like 128 or 130 a game, which is just insanity. Um <laughs> I think when you look at some of the younger teams like Oklahoma City and Orlando, they still have some growing to do, but they're gonna they're gonna put some highlights out there. Uh, the Pelicans, when Zion Williamson Williams or Williamson or whatever is healthy, is a really really um, talented team and and could compete with literally anybody. Um, Lillard with the Bucks and and Gian, uh, Giannis is just a dangerous com combination as they get used to playing with each other. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are really my first things. I'm definitely in a position where it's too soon, you know. Mm. Yeah. Get you on that one. You optimistic about your Bulls? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. There, I, I, I would love to be optimistic about them. I would, love, but I mean, they they beat Indiana, and nobody thought they could beat Indiana. They've lost two of their first or three of their first four. I mean, no, uh, not at all. And, and I mean, the only other thing, basketball thing, um, basketball wise, I think that just kind of draws my. Uh, 
attention is thinking about like this in-season tournament that starts next week and is that is that going to work like they're doing it to draw ratings and increase ratings but like is it actually going to work because i just to me it's just regular season games like what are they playing for in-season championship like it's not really a thing it's not soccer yeah i i i heard them use soccer as their example for how this could work because i know adam silver was interviewed by the inside the nba guys last week so i did see that it is going to be interesting to see it in practice I know all of them kind of made it sound like they didn't really know what it was, and then Silver explained it to them, and now all of a sudden they feel better about it. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, I, I mean, I I'm gonna pay attention to it in the idea of like. I want to know how it works and and what the goal is. But it's not very likely to make me watch more basketball, if that makes sense. None, none more than you already would. Exactly. Yeah. So, I get that. I'm kind of at the same point with it. So, we'll just see what happens. Hey, right, did you have anything else sports-wise you wanted to bring up tonight? Um... I mean, you know, hockey's up and running. Devils are hit or miss. Uh, Rangers have been pretty hit or miss so far. Um, going to a Devils game with the girlfriend uh, next Friday. Uh, so nice. hopefully be able to tell you about being there live to watch them win a game. And uh, <laughs> did you see? Um, are you going to talk about the video? Yeah, where the guy got killed. What? Yeah, I did. I did see that. And that guy needs to go to prison because he hit him with a freaking samurai kick. Yeah. I, I'm fucking believable. My girl's looking yeah. at heads right now. She like didn't. Apparently, I, I just found out about it today. I wasn't hiding the story from me. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So apparently in what was it like a minor league hockey game or something like that? It was it was some I think it was like a European league. Or something. So it wasn't even in this country. Yeah, the guy's coming across the ice, and the other dude just comes at him, and like the, the his foot is four feet off the fucking ground. Not even trying. He literally like cartwheels and samurais into the guy and hits him right side of his neck. You just see the blood pouring out. He better fucking go to jail. Yeah, right now, right <laughs> now they're pressing like uh, manslaughter one, whatever's the worst manslaughter. So like, not yeah. murder. Yeah. Like, literally, the guy picked up his leg and kicked him with his skate and went right across his, basically right across his neck. You literally see the blood. No. Yeah. No. You, li- you you literally see the blood. You literally see the blood gushing out of the guy's throat. Like, the ref picks the guy up, and the guy tries skating the guy off of the ice. And the guy drops to the ground, and he, and he, and he, and he dies on the ice. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Every Everything about that, yeah. Passion. That is a fucking crime passion. Yeah, that that shit was nuts. <laughs> so, well, 
I can't argue with my girl on that one. And no, uh, what is what is your girlfriend's cry. name? What is your girlfriend's name? Amanda. Amanda. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> she actually just happened to step out of the room, but I'll let her know you thanked her. <laughs> okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, she fits right in. That sounds about right with everything else. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I would love some insight into if that's the type of thing you see all the time in those European leagues. First time I've ever heard of something like that. I, I Listen, he didn't mean to kill the guy. He meant to do something. You don't do something like that unless you mean something. So, uh, but anyway. Yeah. That's some fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. No. Um... That's about all I had sports-wise, too. So, did you watch the latest episodes of Loki? So, me and Amanda are actually caught up, right? Four episodes? Yes. Loki. Yes. Yeah, so me and her are caught up on Loki. And trying to figure out what the hell happened at the end of the last episode. Yeah, that last episode was fucking crazy. In a nutshell, it had... In my opinion, like, I know they didn't show anything. There was no blood splatters or anything like that. It, it, it had, like, the most violent scene you have ever seen in an MCU property, in my opinion. There were actually, one or two others. I actually turned and looked at her, and I was like, this is why people like DC better than Marvel, because DC will straight up show you people dying, like, blood splatters and throats cut and bullet holes and whatever the hell it is like they will literally show it where marvel's like nah we got to keep it pg-13 <laughs> but i mean the big question is at the end like like did that explosion reset everything did it destroy all the timelines create new timelines yeah like trying to figure out what that explosion at the end like like, Thursday night really cannot get here soon enough, and it sucks that, like, it the, the episode doesn't even air till 9 p.m. Eastern because that's, like, Amanda's bedtime. And, <laughs> my, I mean, Mike, between me and you, I might watch it and just, and just not tell her. <laughs> Your secret's safe. Yeah, I, if I was only smart enough not to say it directly in front of her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, so I thought it, I look, I like I said to you when we last talked about this, like I'm still a little confused on exactly everything that's going on. Mm. I'm getting like I feel like the fourth episode cleared up a few, like made some things a little easier to understand. But then you end it the way you end it, and just completely make my brain be like, "What the fuck?" So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a lot of questions to answer, and only two episodes to go. Yeah. I will say I thought a lot of it made sense until that ending, and it's just like, okay, where, where are we going from here? So, yeah, I, so far I think it's really freaking good. I, I enjoyed that third episode, too, right up until the moment that Miss Minutes decided to try to um, uh, sexually assault Victor Timely there. I thought that part got a little creepy, a little weird. But uh, other than that, I thought the last two episodes have been phenomenal. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, um, I mean, they, they've got me interested. I need to know what the fuck is going on and how it's going to end. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, I hope they're able to stick the landing on this show because that's one of the problems with all the MCU shows. They never really seem to stick the landing. So anyway, I think with that, we can get out of here for tonight, though. Dave, it's great to have you back with us, my man. Happy to be back, my friend. And um, as far as I know, I've got nothing next Tuesday that would deter me from being here with you again. So um you have yourself a good week. May it treat you well, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll chat with you then. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Yep, you got it, man. So that's Dave Hastings right there. Broke the normal format for the ending of the shows here. But thank you to everybody for listening to us on all the various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Bullhorn, Rate, Like, Share, subscribe, do all the things, and we'll get out of here for tonight. Dave, once again, thank you for being with us. Thank you once again to everybody for listening. I am Mike Aglioloro. We will see you all next week.